3: Welcome back to Forum. I'm Alexis Madrigal. So if we put militant white supremacist groups seeding their ideas into one of America's two major political parties at the bad end of the spectrum of things in the world, then way, way at the other end, for me, you'd find a seed sprouting, a long-loved fern reaching out a new tendril. You'd find a flower bud bursting. These are strange times we live in, tending our gardens, scanning the dark horizon, But we want to do the best by our plant friends that we can and we know a bunch of people out there probably gave or received house plants as gifts these holidays others of you have a legitimate problem honestly you should stop buying plants your house is overrun and there's some people who are convinced that they can never grow anything so today we're joined by those merchants of life bay area plant sellers to help us all out Joining us are Andre Hines, lead designer at Broadway Terrace Nursery in Oakland, where I actually went this very weekend. Welcome to the show, Andre. Thank you for having me. We're also joined by Michelle Reed, owner and operator of Roots in San Francisco. Welcome.
4: Thank you. Thank you very much. Nice to be here.
3: Yeah. So, Andre, let's start with you. What have you heard from customers or experienced yourself that plants have done for you during this wild last few years?
5: Uh, Just not having a green thumb and not being able to keep their plants alive. Mm
3: -hmm. And that's just, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's kind of like the main uh, plant concern. But have people said to you like, hey, working with these plants or having these plants around my house has, has helped me, has helped me like stay focused, stay centered, stay grounded?
5: I think during the pandemic, yes. It definitely helped a lot of people. But now, you know, we're out of the pandemic. So I think people are starting to, you know, not
3: care so much about. (laughs) If we're out, I don't know. Michelle, what do you think?
4: Well, I think they'll always care. Um, I think um, it's a connection with nature that most of us living in these urban areas have lost. And especially during the pandemic, when people pretty much isolated plants uh, gave them a connection with that nature it also allowed them to feel the satisfaction of growing something there's a lot of pride in that for me i mean i i started i used to collect orchids i had 200 of them mm. i was a hoarder but there was not i i, I worked in sales a stressful job and coming home and being able to care and finding these uh leaf coming up i made all the difference it got me through a lot
3: Wow. So what uh, drew you to orchids originally? Was it just that they were these kind of beautiful oh, exotic, exotic creatures? Exotic,
4: incredible. There are thousands of varieties of them, some of them very fragrant. I guess just the beauty of the plant. A lot of people consider them to be pretty finicky. Actually, it's relatively easy to care for an orchid. It just takes the patience to wait for it to rebloom, which a lot of people, you know, get a little disappointed. Sometimes <laughs> it takes up to a year. Wow. Yeah, just the beauty of them.
3: Yeah. We also want to hear from you listeners out there. Did you get a plant as a gift over the holidays? What questions do you have about watering, repotting, care, talking to them, singing to them? Did you adopt houseplants at the beginning of the pandemic? And if so, how are they doing? Do you need care tips? Do you want to tell us? Uh, how they've helped you through this time or how just working with life has helped you. You can give us a call, 866-733-6786. That's 866-733-6786. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, it's KQED Forum. You can email your questions to forum at kqed.org. So, uh, Andre, I wanted to ask you, what do you think are sort of the the best plans for someone who's a beginner, who just kind of wants to like, Step, take a foot to uh, take a step into this world. A ZZ plant or a snake plant. Those would be the
5: easiest plants for a beginner because you don't have to water them often. And most people think that, you know, since they have a plant that it wants water every day. But those are plants that you will water
3: like every like once a month. Hmm. You know, I actually yeah. find plants that require that little care sometimes hard because, like, it's actually hard to remember to do something once every month. It's kind of easy to remember something that you do every single day, you know. So what are are there plants that can stand up to someone who wants to, like, you know, mess with something every day?
5: Definitely. You could do, like, a pothos. That's, like, one of the most easiest plants that you can take care of. And what's that, uh, what's that look like? It's basically a trailing plant. Uh, it's very common. Everybody's grandmother had one. <laughs>
6: uh,
5: yeah, it's, it's just a very common plant.
3: Very common. Michelle, what do you think? Same question to you. Best, best plants uh, for Bay Area beginner?
4: Oh, I agree with Andre in that it was a ZZ plant, definitely a snake plant. There's another plant that a lot of people don't know about. It's called a cast iron plant. It's called cast iron for a reason. You could put that plant in the closet for a month, pull it out, and it'll be okay. And it's, a, it's a, from what I understand, it's a very difficult plant to grow. It, po- it became popular during the Victorian period. Um, but as I said, it's, it's the workhorse of all plants. It's one of my favorites too.
3: So interesting. Michelle, sticking with you, um, you know, what's a plant that people buy because it looks pretty or because they're around a lot, but that's actually really hard to keep healthy?
4: I find that a lot of people, um, it's, uh Calathea, they're beautiful plants, round, beautiful leaves, different patterns and colors. It's the level of humidity that they require that causes a lot of problems with that plant and um, sometimes a lot of overwatering. But that's definitely a plant that's really popular. Wait, what I, do you
3: mean by level of humility? Like I have to go over humility, there and just sort of humidity, thank it for I'm its sorry, service.
0: Humidity.
3: <laughs> oh, humidity, <laughs> not humility. I yeah, was like, humidity, yeah, I'm okay. Sorry. I can. Uh, yeah. Um, the humidity, it requires yeah. basically like being sprayed down or what is it take? There
4: are pe- uh, people who would agree to do that. There are others that don't. Be- um, you could simply ah! just actually put the, um, gather your plants closer together or group them closer they'll generate humidity amongst themselves. And if you're really concerned and you're using a lot of heat this winter and your air is really dry, you can always get a cool mist humidifier Mm -hmm. and that'll help all your plants because these plants are from tropical areas. A lot of them from rainforest. So you should imagine that, you know, there's a lot of humidity down there and you always want to replicate their environment, their original environment to keep it happy and healthy in your home.
3: Yeah. You know, one of the, once it's been most difficult for me, you know, I mentioned ferns in the opener. I love ferns. I love basically every single kind of fern. But right. I have really, really sh- I mean, I we we have tons of plants in our house and I feel like the only ones that have universally died for us have been the ferns. Is there oh. you know I guess we have one. We have a what's called a kokidama.
0: You know oh, it's yeah, basically yeah. like a
3: little soil ball. Right. Um, you could Google that out there. It's K O K E D A It's a Japanese
4: <laughs> form of bonsai.
3: Yes actually. So cool. So we got right. one of those uh, here in Oakland. That's the only fern we've been able to keep alive.
4: No, there. you know what? You need to try. A f- uh, there are two I would suggest for you. There's a fern called the macho fern. Ha! Huh. Mm. <laughs> its fronds get to be about three feet long at its maturity. It's called macho fern because it looks like a Boston fern, but it's a lot more hardier. It doesn't require all the humidity that most ferns, like a maidenhair fern or even a Boston Mm. fern requires. Try that one, definitely. And also try staghorns.
3: Staghorn, okay.
4: Mm -hmm. They're very very hardy also, but I think for beginners or anyone who's interested in starting with ferns, definitely those are two really good ones to start with. Yeah.
3: Let me get to the hot question of the hour from our comments, at least from our Instagram. Okay. We got in. Three immediate questions on Monsteras. Uh, So Uh I'll I'll run through them, and then, Andre, you can start out talking about Monsteras, and we can can have a little Monstera moment here. Uh, Uh Chloe writes, I received my Monstera as a gift when my neighbor and friend moved cross-country during the pandemic and couldn't fit in her car. I love it, but if anyone has any advice on how to wrangle it, I could use the help. Another listener asks, tips for training Monstera to grow upright? Mine is stretching out and leaning all over the place. I have some of the stems tied to a pole in the pot. But the pole's leaning now, too. And Rachel asks, with a Monstera, should I prioritize a warm room or max sunlight? The best window to put her by is on the bottom floor and is cold. So, uh, Andre, basically, what do I do with a Monstera that's thriving, but maybe thriving a little too much?
5: So, with a Monstera that's thriving, you should be happy. But what (laughs) I would do, if it was, like, going all over the place, I would definitely make, like, a moss pole and I would attach the aerial roots to it, and that will basically attach the plant to the pole and kind of keep it in an upright position to keep growing upward and not all over the place. Got it, got it. And that's and just a regular pole? Right like in you're just line.
3: dropping the pole down into the pot, or is it a special kind of pole? You can
5: put a regular kind of pole, or you can actually get um, some type of wood, add moss to it, put some... Um, Put some type of uh, wrap it around, you know, mm-hmm. just just make it a really nice form Beautiful. pole, so the aerial roots can like grow into it.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, got or you new... can cut
5: it and you can start a new monstera. Yeah,
3: <laughs> good point, Michelle. What do you uh, what do you think? What about uh, monstera warm room or max sunlight?
4: Um, I would say warm room better. They don't want max sunlight, meaning they don't want to be directly in a window, especially a window that faces south and sometimes east. Uh, It's a bright light plant. As far as its growth pattern, they grow very fast and at their maturity, they're ginormous. Um, A lot of people don't have the room to accommodate that. Um, I agree about the moss pole, definitely use that. But You have to make sure when you're doing that, that you use wood that doesn't rot. And you could use redwood, be ideal, or teak, bamboo. Those are the um, three types of materials I definitely recommend. Um, they're like Home Depot sells it too. You can just go and ask them for a, a plaque of redwood and they can even uh, file it so that it comes to a point. And then you get some fish uh, wire and just wrap it through. Be careful never to place that plant flush against your wall. As you notice, when the plant gets bigger, the area roots, become really thick and very strong and sometimes they get left alone they can actually grow into your wall grow
3: into the wall that's yeah, impressive that's the yeah.
4: thing is you know find a place to latch onto and also most of the ones that we um carry in the bay are uh it's called deliciosa which means fruit it has a fruit it bears a fruit when it gets to its mature point the fruit takes a year to ripen. and i've never tasted it but i've heard it takes take like banana and pineapple yeah, you, you can't eat it prior to it um, being ripe because it will get you sick. But yeah, it's delicious. Monstera deliciosa.
3: Yeah. Uh, Jessica writes one more Monstera question. I spent oh. the majority of my Christmas money on this Albo Monstera cutting. <gasps> I know that it is a ridiculous purchase. You're going to have to tell me about this, Michelle, because I don't know what this <laughs> is. I know that this plant is a diva, so chances of success are low. I've never tried water propagation, so this is all a chancy business, but it may survive and compete with my full-grown Monstera in beauty, fingers crossed. So what is an Albo Monstera?
4: It's a variegated version of the Monstera. It's a beautiful plant. It's predominantly white and green. It um, became very popular about two years ago. Prices have reflected that. Um, Propagation on philodendron is not a hard thing to do. You just wanna make sure that you change the water often because the bacteria is what can kill a plant. Um, and once the roots get really kind of long and stronger, you can go ahead and pot it in. One thing about these variegated plants, um, you have to give them really good light, not direct, but really, really bright light because of the variegation. The simple rule with plants is usually the darker the green, the less light the plant needs, the lighter, the more uh, the more light it needs. Hmm. So with that, it's a very expensive plant. It's a beautiful plant, but yeah, definitely want to keep it, a, you know, right by a window,
5: a really bright window. Yeah, I have mine by a frosted window, and it's doing
3: great. Oh,
4: perfect, frosted, is perfect. Yeah, and they uh, grow these, really
3: fast. I just went and uh, googled really quickly because I'd never seen one, and I wanted to see <laughs> one. And someone is selling. An Albo variegated monstera for $15,000 on Etsy. <laughs> if that is Wow. The I was like, thing. she spent the majority of her Christmas money on a cutting, but now that I see an actual plant right. can go for $5, i am just looking, $5, dollars 15000
4: Oh, yeah. There are plants that go for $9,000, $10,000. Um, yeah, it, it, it's booming. And, you know, with popularity comes that.
3: Dang. All right. <laughs> I uh-huh. know. Uh, let's bring in uh, Christina from Davis. Welcome to the show.
2: Hi, thanks for having me. Um, I'm going to change courses a little bit with my question, but uh, I've gotten really good at um, growing avocados from seed,
0: mm. and I have a
2: bunch all over my kitchen. Um, and my question is, I don't. I'm in Davis, and um, I've tried once they get really big to put them outdoors, and they don't. They just don't they die right away. So I've been keeping them indoors like a house plant, but I keep them in these tiny pots because every time I try to transfer them, they die. So I have one giant one that's in a tiny little pot, and I just was wondering if there's any um, suggestions for me. (laughs) Mm.
3: Michelle, you want to give that one a go? Sure, absolutely.
4: Um, They can go outdoors. Actually, they should go outdoors. Um, But being in Davis, I'm sure during the summer and spring, it's really, really hot. If you yeah. might try placing that plant in a more shaded area of your yard, I think with patience it can adjust. You have to remember that um, you growing the um, seedling inside and then bringing outdoor is, nothing, is pretty jolting to any plant. Most of the plants that we have are grown indoors and haven't been exposed to sun, similar to what you're doing. So it's something that you want to gradually introduce to the outdoors. Um, go ahead and take that larger seed and pot it into some soil. Um, I would try starting it with a five inch grow pot with some half cactus soil and half potting soil Mm. and see what happens.
3: Well, and Christina, it sounds like you've got a a bunch of uh, experiments to try. If you've got a bunch of uh, little seedlings there, that's awesome.
4: Give them to your friends too. They make great gifts. They're beautiful plants.
3: Uh, we would love to hear from you. We're loving getting these uh questions. Um, hopefully we've answered everything about monstera that's possible. But did you get a plant as a gift over the holidays, or what questions you have about watering, repotting, care, and did you adopt houseplants at the beginning of the pandemic? If so, how are they doing? Do you need care tips, or you want to brag? And you know, another question we have is: it seems like more people of color have been getting into the houseplant world, at least. I see them on Instagram and uh, myself have been uh, taken off uh, along this route, and I'd love to hear from uh, more folks of color who've decided that houseplants are something they can get into. Uh, Give us a call now, 866-733-6786. That's 866-733-6786. You can touch Twitter, Facebook, where KQD Forum, or you can email your questions to forum at KQED.org. A quick one for you, uh, Andre. Chris writes, I'm out of high places to keep my houseplants. Can your Mm -hmm. guest suggest any interesting houseplants that are cat-friendly?
5: You can go with uh, some palm. Those are usually cat- friendly, Uh, but honestly, off the top of my head, I can't, I'll think I'm going to pass this on to Christine. (laughs)
3: <laughs> Michelle,
1: okay, sure. Michelle,
4: um, calatheas are safe. Um, ferns are safe. Most ferns are going to be safe. Uh, let me see. Calathea ferns, peperomias,
6: peperomias. Then,
4: yeah, peperomias are really cute, especially the watermelon peperomias. Spider plants are safe. Uh, marantas, African violets are great. There's also the Phytotnia or nerve plant. And oh, the banana plant or the Musa is also safe.
3: What is what is the banana plant?
4: It's the, where we get banana. It's a ben- actual banana plant. Oh. <laughs> there are miniature ones um, that you can grow indoors. Um, I have never heard of anyone actually getting the fruit from it, but they're beautiful. They kind of look like birds of paradise. Big, broad leaves. Some of them are burgundy and green. Yeah. Those are safe, too.
3: That's awesome. We're talking about how to take care of houseplants and how houseplants take care of us with Andre Hines, lead designer, Broadway Terrace Nursery in Oakland, and Michelle Reed, owner and operator of Roots in San Francisco. And remember, you can get in touch on our Instagram. You can also see some of the plants from my house. Or you can give us a call, 866-733-6786. I'm Alexis Madrigal. Stay tuned for more Forum after a short break. Welcome back to Forum. I'm Alexis Madrigal. We're talking about how to take care of houseplants and how houseplants take care of us with Michelle Reed, owner and operator at Roots in San Francisco, and Andre Hines, lead designer at Broadway Terrace Nursery in Oakland. And let's have Eric from Sausalito join us in the conversation. Welcome. Hey, how are you doing? Thanks for the
5: show. It's really great. Um, uh, I love plants. Um, I love animals, too. They're delicious. But... uh, <laughs> But I, I especially wanted to mention the spider plant that I, th- I thought I heard Michelle mention earlier. It's, uh-huh. the, it's one of the plants that you almost can't kill, and mm. one of the most beautiful things about the spider plant is it makes all kinds of little babies that you can give to your friends, and they, you, you can root them right in the pot right next to the plant that, that's growing. And so I just wanted to.
3: Law the the spider plant. Shout out, out for blood. the spider plant. Yeah, absolutely. In my life. <laughs> yeah. Hey, thanks for that, Eric. Are there um other Michelle other plants like the spider plant that that toss off a bunch of little babies so that you know you can uh, both have gifts or you can you know start your collection growing. Yeah, no, but
4: there house. are plants like the pothos philodendrons that you can easily uh, cut at a an node and provide someone with a cutting, well rooted cutting on some of the more mature plants. Yeah. But the spider plants, you're pretty generous with those babies. And it's an incredible plant if you put it outside. Hmm. Oh, my God. It grows so huge and triple with the little babies or the pups.
3: Yeah, I've been um, blown away with the success we've had with cuttings. I mean, the idea that you can just take a piece of a plant, put it in water, not all the pieces and not all the plants, but that there are some pieces of some plants you can just stick in water and then they just grow roots and you have a new plant. Like to me, that's been one of the, the wonders of the pandemic
4: absolutely my mom had african violets hundreds of them which she propagated from the leaf and i mean that was an influence for me getting into this uh, plant business too during it when we were kids it's all we did was help my mom with these beautiful african violets that's a wonderful
3: one to share with people too uh let's welcome uh christina from san francisco to the show welcome
2: Hi there! Thanks so much for having me on. I love plants, and I always love tips on how to take better care of them. So thank you for this. Um, so my question is: I have like one of those like twenty dollar orchids that you get from Trader Joe's, and the stock died um, after it finished blooming, and so now it's just leaves in a pot. And I feel like this happens to me all the time, um, where I have this like spent orchid, and I know it will rebloom one day, but I can't quite seem to get it there. And so then I just have this leaf in a pot that sits there. So what can I do to actually get, what can I do to get the stock to grow again? And I just feel like I don't want to throw it away, but this happens to me all the time. So what do I do?
3: <laughs> well, I know you're both orchid people, so we will get two bits of advice. Uh, Andre, let's start with you, and then Michelle will go to you. Are you there, Andre?
4: Michelle, we'll go to you. Okay. Um, orchids, once again, patience is the key with them. They will rebloom. One trick I used to use was um, I cut the stems down after the blossoms failed. And if you have a win- a bright window in your kitchen, and if you have room on top of your refrigerator, place it there. Let's see what ha- I believe it worked for me. I believe it's that temperature, which is just perfect for them to, promote more um, stems for blooming. And also I just used to, I didn't really water them. I just did the ice cube thing.
0: They don't need the a lot of water thing? to Wait, begin with. You just thing? put
4: one ice cube in once a
3: week. That's it. <laughs> Nothing more. Just one ice cube. Is that like a known thing in the orchid world such that you could just be like, you know, there are a lot cube. of
4: people who use that method. Yeah. And it's pretty good. Um, as I said, they just want a little bit of water. That tends to be just enough. And you never want to allow the water though to sit in the leaves of the orchid. Cause that will kill it. They don't like water sitting right there. So definitely put that ice cube on the edge, but try, try that little refrigerator trick.
2: Yeah. I'm sure you're going to, do you fertilize it? Christine? No, cause I, I don't know what to do with them. It just sits on the counter.
4: <laughs> oh, okay. Um, Well, yeah, there's a um, good, Maxia's got a good one, uh, orchid fertilizer, you want to do that during the spring and summer months, just a little though, whatever the uh, manufacturer recommends, cut it in half, and try using that, you can actually make a, I used to make um, ice cube trays with the, um, (laughs) using the fertilizer, and it helped a lot, saves a lot of time as far as watering, but I think fertilizer would help, and there's a little more brighter light once you start to see a stalk, I mean a little stem up here. (laughs)
3: Um, and, Andre... and
2: then once you see the stem, yes. once you see the stem, you have to put you like train it to go upwards. No, just let it go. It'll get to a point where it's
4: going to start like wobbling, probably at about six or seven inches. Then you can go ahead and stake it.
3: But yeah, Andre, let do it just grow. Have any other tips? Now, now that you're back on sort of orchid reblooming, anything you know special that you've uh, tried that seems to work? The only orchids that I've ever got to rebloom were
5: Cymbidium orchids because those are the easiest orchids for me. Phalaenopsis mm-hmm. orchids, I usually put them in a frosted window and I just let them rebloom on their own without cutting them back or anything. Whoa. And I water them once a week and I just make sure they get really bright light. And if it's not in a frosted window, I'll put it somewhere that gets morning sun up until about 11 o'clock, depending on what time of the year it is. Or it can have the late evening sun and that always helps the orchid. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. That's I mean orchids opinion. are definitely one of those things that, um, as you as you noted earlier, uh, Michelle, they kinda can scare people off because it does what? yeah, you get you get exactly <laughs> Christina's problem, which is just right. uh, you know, the leaf in a pot problem we can <laughs> call it. Which can possibly be solved by the ice cube thing. Um, so that's <laughs> nice. Um, or just buying a new one. Oh, yeah. So, uh, you know, we have some more uh, comments as well. Um, Here's a good one uh, for you, Andre. Do you have secrets for repotting plants? I've received plants in the past as gifts that needed it but died soon after. Maybe it's too much at once. New home air light situation and new dirt.
5: So for me, when I I repot plants, I usually try not to
3: disturb the root
5: system. So I will just take the new pot that I'm going to rehome the plant in, bring up the, the new soil into the pot a couple of inches and just plant that same plant on top of that and just put the new soil on top and around it. That way I don't damage the root system and the plant go into shock.
3: Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Michelle, what about you? You got, uh, you got repotting um, tips?
4: Yeah. Well, um, first of all, plants aren't mobile, right? Everything in their world is consistent in nature, the wind, the sun, the waters. So you want to remember that when you bring a plant home, it's not the absolute best time to repot it because the plant's in shock. It's how universe has changed. Mm-hmm. And it takes a couple of weeks for it to acclimate to your environment. So definitely, I, it's nothing that you want to do right away. And also, you want to wait uh, till early spring to repot. You don't have to repot during the winter, or fall, because unless it's a huge emergency and pot fell over or something, because they go into a dormant phase where you aren't mm-hmm. going to see very much growth in them anyway. Yeah. And I always suggest that people don't pot into decorative or uh, ceramic kind of pots. You should always leave them in that grow pot. If you plant into um, like ceramic pot, you'll notice that the roots actually will grow and stick alongside the pots. Um, And when you do have to repot it again, you're going to damage a lot of roots. So if you repot into a a grow pot, they don't actually do that with the plastic. So it's a better way. to. And then you insert that um, grow pot into your decorative.
3: Well, so you never never plant into the decorative pot.
4: No. And a lot of the indoor um, ceramic pots that we have these days don't have drainage holes. Yeah. And also think about it. If you move, do you really want to swap that big old plant and a big old heavy ceramic? <laughs> no, it's easier in plastic anyways. But it's the root thing that um, can do a lot of damage to a plant. So yeah, just keep it in that plastic pot. And you only want to go one size up. A lot of people um, buy pot, uh, a small plant and they say, well, I'll just repot it now. I'll put it in this larger pot and I won't have to do it ever again. The plant will grow into it. The problem was that is that people tend to water for the size of the pot. So that's mm. usually way too much water for your plant to absorb. So you only wanna go up one size as far as potting. If it's in a six inch, you only wanna go to an eight. And after you do the initial repotting, it's, most plants will be good for about two years before you have to do it again. So um, yeah, just to go up one size, it is part of plant care as repotting is a necessary, you know, thing you have to do to keep your plants happy.
3: Uh, let's bring in Erica from Lake Elsinore.
6: Hi, guys. Um, I have a question. Um At the start of the pandemic, um, I started purchasing house plants, um, just something to look at and take care of while I'm at home. And the two pots are the two plants that I bought primarily were the indoor piece lily and mm-hmm. the I'm not sure if I right, the Guyana chestnut known as the money plant. Uh-huh. And I have a lot of issues with my indoor piece It keeps dying. Um, I noticed that it starts off really slow um, mm-hmm. and I tried like trimming those leaves off, but mm-hmm. then it seems like whatever disease that I got, it spreads mm-hmm. to the entire plant. So I wanted to des- know if you guys had any suggestions on how to keep that from happening and to trim it properly.
4: Can you describe what happens with the plant when you say it starts to look bad? What
6: happens? Are the leaves turning brown or what? Correct. They start to turn brown um, a mm-hmm. couple of times. I've actually bought it for in the past uh, two years. Okay. Um, they start to turn brown. Um, one time it kind of got like some black dots on it okay. um, or they'll turn like a yellowish brown. And it'll start with one um, and I'll try and catch it. Or I look it up online and see if it needs more water or more sunlight. Mm-hmm. And then before I know it, like a week later, the entire plant is gone.
4: Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Um... They're beautiful plants, they're low light plants. So I would recommend that um, you begin to water your plants from the bottom. Meaning rather than pour the water on top, that you sit it in water and allow those roots to soak up exactly what it needs. Depending on the pot size, you may have to submerse a six inch pot for like 15, 20 minutes. And, and then maybe eight and 10 inches, maybe half an hour to 45 minutes. It also depends on the type of plant. But for a peace lily, I would water it once a week. You don't want to give it too much light. And the black dots you mentioned were infestation. And hopefully you got rid of it. Um, but it's a relatively easy plant. Um, do you think, are the leaves ever
6: turning yellow? They do. They do turn yellow sometimes.
4: Um, are they on from the more mature leaves or the smaller leaves.
6: Um, it starts off with the smaller leaves, and then okay. it'll go into the mature leaves. Okay. Um, yeah. Yellow leaves
4: tend to be a, a indication of overwatering. Of course, the brown, crispy edges, mm-hmm. lack of water. So, if you start to bottom okay. water them, you really take the guesswork out of it. Because once again, you're allowing the plant and the roots just absorb what it needs you also eliminate that problem of, I don't know if you ever get those little gnats or flies that come around your plants right. and you bottom water, that yeah. kind of eliminates that issue too. But try bottom and you only want to do it once a week.
5: Yeah. Yeah. And try to let it dry out between watering because lilies yeah. are really easy. So if you go too long without watering, it will be really dramatic and it will let you know with all the leaves and flowers falling down. Mm-hmm.
4: Mm-hmm,
3: definitely. Got I love I love hearing the plant detectives at work <laughs> it is just the greatest thing we're talking about how to keep houseplants healthy a hobby many people have taken up during this ongoing pandemic we're joined by Andre Hines, lead designer of Broadway Terrace nursery in Oakland and Michelle Reed owner and operator of roots in San Francisco let's get in uh, one more call let's go to uh, Robert in Piedmont welcome to the show. Hello. Um, the question I
1: have is I, um, I'm a junkie for succulents, and I buy Same. them for uh, display with my catering business and also put a few around the house. But it always seems like I just get, you know, maybe five or six months out of them, uh-huh. and then they go sideways. Uh-huh. And just wondering the best techniques to keep them healthy and alive.
5: Uh-huh. Are they starting to stretch after the five or six months?
1: You know, typically the leaves start to fall. They kind of get a little wilty. And um, I start, you know, losing, losing leaves on them.
5: So usually with succulents, what I do is I would, with like this weather right now in the winter, I would water them once every two weeks. And they do like bright light, so if you could put them somewhere that they can get direct light, would be even better.
4: Yeah. But they
5: like bright indirect light, and they like to dry out between watering. Yeah, light is the most important
4: okay. key. You're right, Andre. Lighting is so key to us being happy indoors. And what do you plant? What mm-hmm. are they in? What, what do you plant them in? These succulents are they in decorative bowls or uh, single? are in, in decorative. Decorative bowls. Right yeah, right. in, How do you water
1: those? Right now I have some in decorative bowls.
4: Okay. But is the bowls have drainage? Like they whole, both
1: have they all have drainage.
4: How do you water them? Do you water them? Do you just pour the water on top?
1: On generally on top, like a small okay. like drizzle. I don't use mm-hmm. like a spray bottle or anything. Okay.
4: All right, that's perfect. No. But what you want to do, especially when they're in nice little arrangements like the ones you have, um You don't even need to water. I would just do a really good misting once a week. Well. Because you've got that enclosed container going. There's a lot of moisture staying within the soil anyway. So good spritzing usually is enough.
5: Yeah, misting kind of works, but it doesn't work for me. I think I would literally like water the plant. And if you're in Piedmont, you can always come down to Broadway Terrace Nursery and we can look at it for you because, you know,
3: Succulents are my expertise. <laughs> okay, I you I know what like I like about today. missing? I just like the actual form of the misters themselves. I always feel just like the like maximum plant daddy when I'm there. Isn't with that, that the relaxing? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> therapeutic <laughs> just to mist. <missed. laughs> um, yeah, I mean we have one more question we can try and sneak in really quickly. Uh, Adriana and San Mateo.
2: I just had a quick question for you guys. I don't know how much I'll be able to get an answer, but I just moved back from the Bay area from Seattle Mm -hmm. and I could not leave my plants. So I packed up a U-Haul, came down here, but I think in the cold weather that we had and the fact that it was like overnight in a U-Haul, they're just really struggling and I don't really know what to do Mm -hmm. about it right now.
4: Quick thoughts. They're going to need time just to adjust. You're right. They were in shock from the movement. Don't mm-hmm. give them a lot of water. Definitely not, especially this time of year. Actually cut all your watering schedules into half until it gets warm again. Um, give them good, bright light. But it also depends on the plants that you brought, too, yeah. that are doing, you know,
5: not so well.
3: Yeah. Andre, any coming general from advice Seattle.
5: Sorry, I'm saying coming from Seattle, I think that's really, really cold climbing. And you put them in a U-Haul. So they're probably in shock from the cold. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Well, the good news is maybe they'll uh, they'll wake up. Eventually. Oh, they say they will. <laughs> yeah. Plants
4: are very hardy. It'll definitely yeah. revive itself.
3: Yeah, yeah. Uh, one oh, yeah. more uh, comment from a listener. Uh, Lena tweets: Yeah, sure, it's a pandemic cliche, but the love of caring for plants inside and outside was always within me. I just didn't know. As for care, leaving the city and getting water from a well has been a rough adjustment for a few of these plants because of the mineral buildup. Uh, in the water there. Something to uh, keep an eye on. We have been talking about how to keep houseplants healthy, a hobby many people have taken up during the pandemic. We've been joined by Andre Hines, lead designer at Broadway Terrace Nursery in Oakland, one of my favorite spots uh, near my house. Thanks for joining us, Andre. Thank
5: you. you can find me at Andre's Living Art on all platforms.
3: (laughs) There we go. Uh, And we've also been joined by Michelle Reed, owner and operator of Roots in San Francisco. Thanks so much for coming on, Michelle.
4: And if your um, listeners have any questions, um, I'm always open to take, uh, they can text me a photo. Just call oh, the store.
3: Wow. Call the store. Roots in San Francisco. Yeah, no you problem. Thanks so much, Michelle. I'm Alexis Madrigal. Stay tuned for another hour of Forum Ahead with guest host Ariana Prail.